Hello everyone and welcome back to Your Fab Life. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing actress and entrepreneur Sierra Payton on a life and entertainment. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Your Fab Life podcast. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing actress, philanthropist, and entrepreneur Sierra Payton. Thank you for joining us. Ah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So for the audience listening, Sierra and I go way, way, way back. Way, way, way back. We, we you know, have been on this Hollywood journey forever. And obviously we're, we're recently seeing some successes, but I think it's really easy for people to see the end of the journey um, and not really see like what it takes to get there and how much consistency, dedication, patience, all those things that we'll talk to, to, talk to um, you with today, um, how it takes all those things to really succeed. So with that being said, that's a great transition into my first question. <laughs> um, did you choose your profession, entertainment, like actors? Do you think you chose it or do you think it chose Oh, that's a really good question, Jay. Um, I mean, I think it, it's it's a little bit of twofold, you know, like I I do like to, I, I am a person of faith. And so, you know, I do believe that, you know, um, to get all spiritual and religious, I think, you know, God is definitely, you know, guiding me to places and stuff. And so I, I think, you know, really early on in my childhood, and it's always really, you know, when I do these interviews, it's challenging to kind of talk about the backstory without kind of, you know, shedding a little bit of light, a lot like of the challenges and stuff. So I try to be like really careful, <laughs> just, you know, because I want to still like keep it all in light and stuff. But, you know, basically, I think just the way that, you know, I was, uh, the way I grew up and the way I was brought up in New Orleans, um, just kind of lend itself to me wanting to, you know, escape into, you know, some type of fantasy, you know, creativity, something like that. And so, you know, as a kid, um, there were a lot of challenges and, you know, we can talk about that when we talk about the Michael Storter Foundation, but I just remember, um, you know, one of the things that kind of made me tap into creativity and acting is my grandmother, who I called Nana, she uh, had been diagnosed with cancer when I was about eight or nine years old. And, you know, the chemotherapy, all that stuff was just really, really, really tough on her. And I just, I don't know, for some reason, I just felt like I want to entertain her. I want to make her feel better, you know? And so I just started creating little plays and all that type of stuff and doing those for her. And I think, you know, my family, my dad, dad and my aunts and my nana they saw that that oh like you know she not only likes doing this but she has you know somewhat of a gift doing this and so they you know got me into performing arts um uh, like a magnet school when I was I don't know like I said eight nine years old and eventually from there I ended up going to a performing arts high school called New Orleans Center for Creative Arts and you know one of the big things that I feel that was just kind of guide it to me or, or how the teachers kind of helped guide me was, you know, use your craft, use your art, you know, as a means to kind of release your emotions or express yourself, you know, and so um, by nature growing up, I was always extremely introverted, very, very quiet. Um, and, you know, challenges were going on, but it was 
always just something really beautiful and I don't know, just amazing that would happen whenever I would open up a script or, you know, get up on stage or learn a monologue or something. And so, um, so, you know, a part of it, I think just on a spiritual level, you know, it's, it was something that I, I feel like chose me or was kind of like putting me to do. And now I'll be honest, you know, there have been times where it's been really, really challenging. You know, this is definitely not an easy career. Um, and so I've thought about quitting and I have quit before, <laughs> but it's just like yeah, those yeah. times happen. And it's just like, next thing I know, I, I book something or, right. you know, and so I just always look at that and I'm like, okay, that's, that's God, you know, telling, telling me you to keep going. going. It's not to keep another going. sign. Yeah. Oh, so God, just give me, just give me one little Hail Mary and then I could just, you know, get yeah. to the next step. Like exactly. trying over here. Um, exactly. well, that's a good transition to the next question because, um, obviously, you know, people know, know you on the Oval, BET, you know, you play the wonderful Wendy Williams. I mean, you've had a lot of successes recently, and I know you're working on other projects. So, you know, you get to transform into all these people, especially Wendy Williams. I mean, that, that probably was so fun to just completely escape into someone else. What would you say is the, um, your, your favorite part about being an actress? And then, maybe the most difficult part about being an actress because you already hinted that there's some difficulties yeah you know I think my favorite part is what I'm really learning now more than anything is that you know the gift of being an actor is that you never know whose story you're actually playing you know I know a lot of times you're playing these fictional characters and sometimes you're playing you know by like biographical you know figures like you know Wendy Williams but um you just never know whose story you're actually stepping into and so, you know, I just really, I look at that sometimes because it's just, it's really cool because sometimes I have people reach out to me or come up to me if I'm out in public or whatever and be like, oh man, the way you played that or, you know, mm -hmm. that character that you played, like, that's my story. Like, I relate to that and stuff. And so I just think that that's just really, really cool that, you know, we as actors, like we have an opportunity to really step into the shoes of another person and really, you know, walk other people's lives. And I would say it just teaches you how to be, you know, non non-judgmental, to be empathetic, to be compassionate, to just the totality of the human condition, you know? And so that's what I love. It, it's also a lot of connection can be made and, you know, you can understand people on so many different levels and, you know, it's just, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and then I would say, you know, one of the, the main challenges or like the difficult thing being an actor and it's something, you know, I still am learning to this day. And, you know, I'm always preaching about to people who reach out to me is that this is not really, um, this is just a very different career. You know, it's not a clock in nine to five type of thing. It's not linear where you, you know, work your way in the mail room and then you're the assistant and then you're the executive and then you become the CEO. Like it's not linear. It, it's not like that at all. And, you know, it's like, you can go from, you know, being, um, I don't know, a, a series regular to a guest star to a co-star, like, and none of those things define like your skill or what you're like, if you're doing it big or if you're not, it's just, you know, everybody's journey in this career and in this business is so different. And I think at times, um, 
you know, I'll take that back. That's not the most challenging thing. I think the most challenging thing for me personally is just those in-between times sometimes, you know, cause it's like, that's the other thing. It's not a linear career. And it's also not a career where you're going to be on set every single day out of the year. You know, I mean, I was just talking to a young man who wants to go into acting, just uh, graduate from high school. And, you know, I was trying to put into perspective for him that, you know, when I go work on the Oval, you know, Tyler Perry, yes, he's known for shooting really fast. I think we shoot the show sometimes within three weeks. Well, for the other weeks out of the whole year, I'm auditioning or, you know, I'm looking for other jobs or whatever. So, you know, it's just kind of putting that in perspective that like for those other, what is it, you know, 40, 40, Something weeks. 49 yeah. weeks. Yeah. You're yeah. still doing it's other like, things. It's not like yeah. I did this show and then I can just rest on my laurels and I don't have to. Yeah. Do yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's that, it's that waiting game and that, you know, the whole unknown and uncertainty of it all. And, you know, it's just all of that, that I do find uh, really difficult at times, but, you know, I, I find my little ways to get through it. So. Right. And it's funny. I share that. So I'm not as much, obviously I do more producing, right. Podcasts and TV concepts. And now I'm going into film concepts. So for me, it's like, I feel those delays and rejections still behind the camera because when someone, yeah. well, I don't want to buy your project or a nice project, but it's not a good fit for us. And I'm like, but why? It's so yeah. perfect. <laughs> you know, so my actor friends are like, we don't want to hear it because we're always like, I killed that audition. Like they're going to pick me. And it just seems like it's perfect. And then they don't pick you. And mm. so I'm starting to feel like what my actor friends tell me about <laughs> Like, I didn't really get it before, but now I get it where I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to buy this? You literally have something very similar to it right here. It's doing well. But, you know, they have their, as crazy as it sounds, they have their rhyme and reason. They know what they want, when they want it. Sometimes it's the wrong time. Like, there's so many decisions that go into selecting an actor for a role, just like selecting a show for a network or film for distribution. So I try to just, like, keep that in mind that, like, I don't actually even need hundreds of yeses technically I only need one because I can go on one network you know so I you know so part of me is like you know you just got to keep going until you can do the yeses so similar similarly you know someone's listening to this whether you're in front or behind the camera in entertainment I think um it's just something you just have to keep in mind that 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 patience that we're going to talk about a little bit more in a second. Um, but with that being said, you know, understand that, you know, your family and your your upbringing is kind of what inspired you to, to go into the acting field. As you've gone into the field, did you have any mentors, whether they know you're they're a mentor <laughs> or not? You know, maybe it's someone you actually know you don't know. Is there anybody that you try to like model your career after? Or is, is there anyone that's kind of helped you along the way? Um, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say right out the gate when, I mean, I had two really amazing mentors throughout college or like my last two years of college. And right when I got out, uh, you know, firstly, I would say uh, was Michelle Shea, who is a Tony Award nominated actress. She was um, for, uh, for August Wilson's Seven Guitars, and she's like an August Wilson, you know, guru. <laughs> she knows everything about him. She worked with him like hundreds of times, and she's a phenomenal teacher and um, and director and just, uh, just amazing, beautiful woman, and she was one of my mentors 
uh, from my junior year of college up until, you know, after I, shortly after I graduated. And, you know, while I was in North Carolina as well, I went to school in North Carolina, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got to meet Dr. Maya Angelou and kind of had like a mentor mentee relationship with her for a couple of years while I was in school. And even after I graduated and, you know, they were just phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, um, phenomenal. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, they were, she was phenomenal. Michelle was phenomenal. Just really great mentors of just really, you know, keeping me, keeping me aware, keeping me grounded, uh, you know, keeping me in faith and, you know, just being, being in that, in that realm, in that space. Um, and then, you know, you talk about modeling my career after other people. I do have a lot of, I would say almost like virtual mentors who I've never met before, you know, um, and just, just other actresses that, you know, I watch interviews of on YouTube or, you know, their career and stuff like that. And I mean, some of them, they're so, you know, unconventional to, you know, probably whoever's watching now, they're like, what that person, <laughs> but, um, but no, I, you know, I love, um, you know, like Kate Blanchett, um, you know, gosh, uh, Kate Blanchett, Holly Berry, um, Angelina Jolie, um, Gina Torres, you know, just, there's so many, I mean, I, I actually used to have a list written down of like, uh, the actresses, Rosario Dawson, just actresses that I feel like have a similar vibe to me at times. Um, you know, that whenever I watch them, they move me and I'm like, man, how do they do that? And then I like listen to interviews about their backstories and everything. And I don't know, just really, really, you know, just cool stuff about them that makes me gravitate towards what they're doing in their artistry. And I would love to have careers like those ladies or something similar. Well, I have a, I have a random like connection now to Gina Torres. She actually partnered with Carrie Washington and a couple of other black TV actresses to promote oh, the yeah. black TV lawyer t-shirt that's recently gone uh, viral to support a law student scholarship. So uh, Gina Torres obviously was on Suits. That's one of her big yeah. roles. So mm-hmm. I, it put a smile on my face to see her wearing the shirt on her Instagram. So oh, you just never know awesome. like how you end up getting connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I, I just love that. Echo, echo, <laughs> echo, just looking at certain women in their careers and how you just never know how things will come. Um, full circle. You never know who you meet and you connect with. That's why I just always tell people, it's just good to be kind. To everyone. Yeah. And I got to just say really quick too, Carrie Washington's one of those, you know, virtual mentors of mine. Yeah, too. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh. I think she's a big one. She's on incredible. List. And she's yeah. awesome. I actually spoke to her the other day. She actually called me. So, oh, wow. yeah. So That's she, so cool. she is definitely an advocate and you know she uses her acting role for change but also just like outside Mm -hmm. philanthropy so um yeah for sure for sure um what would you say would be with everything you've just said what would be maybe the number one or number two like top two things you would say in terms of a piece of advice that of someone that wants to enter as actress or maybe they you know they've already started maybe they booked a couple of gigs like what would be maybe two things you would tell them? Maybe maybe your younger self when you're first doing this, if you were to go back, what would, what would you tell them and your, your younger self? 
Oh my gosh, I'd say so much. I mean, I think, um, hmm. Give me a second here, because I want to. Yeah, make no, sense. no, it's a, it's a deep question. I always yeah. people always pass when I ask this question, like what sort of advice? Because I know there's so much you can give, but I think, you know, there's some key things about, you know, I don't know, dedication or persistence or consistency that I just think, you know, our audience would benefit from in terms of just holding on to. Because, like you said, it's this business is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean. <laughs> It's it really definitely, I, I do think, you know, I, I believe in persistence and I do believe that, you know, you, you just keep going, you keep putting one foot ahead of the other. Um, I do believe, I literally just had on the top tip of my tongue. Um, I, I believe that don't, you know, don't let what you do define who you are. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, I saw it right when I graduated from college and, you know, even now with the social media and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. so often, and even when I like talk to other actors too, it's like, if you haven't been on TV or if you haven't worked in a while, if you haven't been on, you know, something everyone knows or whatever, then, you know, you're not an actor or you, you don't feel like an actor. And I think that's such poor thinking on people who aren't actors, you know, like, because there's that big thing of like, well, have I seen you in anything? Have right. you done anything? <laughs> exactly. And exactly. Well, I, well, I don't know who you are if I haven't, you know, and it's just like that, that can be just so dangerous. I feel like sometimes, you know, not only for like general public, but, you know, just for actors, because, you know, I think we wrap so much of our identity in if we're working, you know, in, in who we are as an actor. And, you know, my my fiance, he's always like saying to me, not always, but he's, you know, he's said this to me before, which, you know, it's resonated so deeply, but it's just like, you know, if if it were all to end today for me, you know, in terms of like career or whatever, you know, I've played some really cool roles. I've had the opportunity to, you know, not only, you know, let's forget about the Wendy Williams and the Oval or, you know, whatever, but like, I've done some really cool plays. I've, you know, played some really, you know, cool roles on, you know, as guest stars or co-stars on TV shows. I've met really amazing people. I got to, you know, give life to, you know, a character. And so, you know, at the end of the day, like, I did something, you know, I, I went for it and I did it, you know what right. I mean? And so, you know, for people who want to go into the business or, you know, just any, I can give so much advice, but I just think that, you know, don't give up, keep, keep moving forward. I mean, that, if that dream is in you, it's never going to die. So just at least go for it, you know, but also don't let the number of credits or, you know, if you're not famous or whatever, uh, define you, you know, like you're, you can, if you don't have one credit on your resume and you say you're an actor and you're doing all the work to be an actor, you know, the classes, the studying, the, you, you are know, an actor, right? You're an actor. You will have your yeah. time. You, and all, so, you will have your time eventually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just, I just feel like, you know, I think so many times we just try to really define ourselves and our whole identity into, you know, what, 
what's being put out there on social media, what's on the resume, what other people think of our success or not success. Like it's just, it's too much. And you know, it's, you have the power to define who you are and what you do does not define who you are. I, and I that think that's sense. a great, I think that's a great piece of advice for, you know, whether someone's in, interested in entertainment or not. I think sometimes whether you be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, sometimes you do all this when you get in these roles and then people only see you as that. And so if you try to do anything else, it's like, why are you doing that? And I don't understand. I want to, and it's like, I am me before I'm before all these other titles, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I dance, I, you know, I, you know, during law school, I would do New York City Fashion Week, you know, yeah. people at the law school looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like, you know, like I did so much and I still continue to do so much, probably more entrepreneurial things more than anything. Um, but sometimes I also feel like I am sometimes stuck in a box sometimes. Yeah, People you know, try to put me in a box. And I, I want to speak to that a little bit too, because I think so early on in my career, um, getting out of college and everything, I was paralyzed by fear of venturing out to do other things because I was afraid that if I did other things, people wouldn't see me as an actor or take mm. me serious as an actor. You know what I mean? And so it's like now, you know, and I think I, I do accredit this to social media a lot because I think what social media is doing, which is so cool, is that, you know, you're getting a glimpse into people's lives and what they're doing, especially like some of the big actors or whomever, like you learn that, oh, they're not just like sitting around reading scripts all day or on set all day. Like, you know, they have other interests and other, yeah, they have other, yeah, they're, they're selling wine or writing a book or whatever, running whatever company or starting different things. And so, you know, I'm over the last few years, I've just started to be like, yeah, like I have my nonprofit organization. I've started my YouTube channel. You know, I have my blog, like, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, you know, and eventually, yeah, I'm looking to probably start a platform where I'm coaching actors or working with actors. And, you know, for a while I was so scared to do those types of things because I was like, oh my God, like if the business sees me doing this other stuff or being too entrepreneurial or mm-hmm. coaching actors or whatever, then they're not going to take me serious as an actor. And it's like, I think those things enhance your artistry or your creativity, because again, you're connecting with people, you're living life. You're not just waiting for the phone to ring or an email to come through saying, Hey, they want you for this role, you know? So, exactly. so yeah, I think we got to yeah. be multifaceted. multifaceted. Yeah. I agree. Well, and I don't know how you'll answer this question, but if you had not become an actress, let's say you decided to go down a different path, what would that path have been if you didn't do acting? Because not sure, what did you go to school for? What did you go to college? I went to school for for acting. And... Oh, you went for acting. Yeah, okay. I went to. So I went you actually to... went for acting. So let's yeah. just say for whatever reason you're like, you know what? I changed my mind. I want to do X. What do you think it would have been? Um, I. I... <laughs> For sure, I think I would have gone into the medical field and be a doctor. Yeah. And um, and I even it's funny because sometimes I mean, look, I am not interested in going back to school at all, but sometimes I'm like, man, you know, I, I could see myself, you know, either being I could totally see you as being a psychologist because you have like this oh, very yeah. soothing. And my, my friend, she's, you know, because you know, there's psychologists and psychiatrists. So she's the one that, you know, so mm-hmm. they both, you know, one goes to med school, one. I think can give medicine the other one yeah can. yeah psychiatrist um, <laughs> gives medicine and psychologist My, tells you no, to take I medicine could, I could see you totally doing that because you just you connect mm. 
with people um, so well. And I know it's obviously a lot of schooling, but yeah, I uh, I could totally see. And some people do like expedited PhD programs so they could become doctors in certain fields. I mean, yeah. like you said, technically, you know, you're not acting all the time. If exactly. If you to do something, you could do something online. So I don't, see, know. I don't know how long med school would take, but I, I mean, a part of me is like, I'd be open to it. I'd love to like run my own practice and stuff. But I would say the other thing that I could see myself doing as well is um, like <laughs> working for like the CIA or really? just some, some type of like <laughs> investigative, like oh, okay. I'm something where I'm That's like, cool. oh, how did they, let me figure out how they did this, you know? And well, it's so funny because yeah. there's so many shows like that for people yeah. in these investigative roles. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I've known you for a very long time. I did not know the answer to that question. I did not know that you would be interested in being a doctor or possibly working for the CIA. I don't think somebody asked like, what, what else would she have done? I don't think I would come up with either one of those. So I like asking that question because I typically don't get it right. It's usually something like really cool. So that's a very, very cool. What answer. about you? What would you do? I don't know. I, you know what, to be honest, I sort of do it now, but not all the time, but I really think I could have been, um, so I teach, but obviously adults, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think I could have been an elementary school teacher. Ooh. I love kids. And I taught like kid, like dance to kids when I was little and things okay. like that. So kids just gravitate to me. I, I can go in a room. Any child just comes up to me. I don't know why. Love me. So I definitely think I can see that. Something with children for sure. So I definitely think because I like to teach, because I always say, well, what would you do for free? I really love teaching and then I really love children. So yeah, I think in another life, maybe I would have been some sort of like school school teacher or something like that. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, uh, but with that being said, as you said before, like Instagram has allowed us to kind of like peer into actors like yourself lives like beyond just you know these wonderful roles that you play and I know um you know your your nonprofit is something even while you were climbing the ropes of becoming an actress that was something you you you've always been a part of um so the Michael Sorter Foundation can you tell us a little bit more about it and how people can maybe find it and support it yeah, so the Michael Sawyer Foundation, it's my nonprofit organization that, um, you know, I, it started off as just a arts program about 13 years ago, 12 years ago. And then over the pandemic, we officially got recognized as a nonprofit, 501c3. And basically what it is, is, you know, we help to provide free and low cost arts programs to youth and families that have been impacted by the incarceration of a loved one. We also want to, you know, branch out and provide resources, financial resources and scholarships to, uh, you know, those families as well. And, you know, the big thing is that, you know, mass incarceration really does affect us on all kinds of levels. And, Yes, it predominantly affects, you know, Black communities, but, you know, also Latin communities, Asian communities, uh, Indigenous communities, and, you know, also white communities as well. And so, you know, I learned about um, that, just how many people are affected by it while doing my one-woman show called Michael's Daughter. So about, uh, what are we, 2022? Um in 2012, 2012, 2013, I would say, I um, maybe sooner than that. Anyway, the date doesn't matter, but I had written my own one woman show called Michael's Daughter. And that came out of just 
again, just having to have this need to use creativity as an outlet for me. You know, I was here in Los Angeles. I think it was 2010, actually. I was here in Los Angeles and just moved here and didn't really know anyone. Was literally like sleeping on blankets in my little studio apartment. Um, and, you know, just having a really tough time just trying to get my feet on the ground here in LA. And during that time, my father was incarcerated. And, you know, since probably my middle school years, high school years, my dad had just, he had some challenges, you know, with substance abuse. And so, you know, he had gone to prison and where he would go to jail for a couple of days, you know, so that was just something that I was, you know, accustomed to. But I think, you know, when I was out here in LA, just trying to get my feet on the ground, um, it would just, it had impacted me on a deeper level because I was just having such a, a challenging time, just trying to like, you know, make my way. And I kept getting these letters from my dad, like maybe every other day, like he was just writing me so, so, so much. Mm -hmm. And I was ignoring the letters and didn't want to read them. And finally, I think I just had a cathartic moment in my apartment, you know, of whatever, just trying to figure things out, another rejection, whatever. And so I started reading these letters from my dad and they were so funny. They were filled with so much love and encouragement, but also he was telling me his story and kind of giving me an insight to what it was like growing up as a biracial man in the backwoods, Louisiana, a byproduct of an interracial affair in the 1960s. Ku Klux Klan, you know, burned crosses in front of his white mother's house, you know, just all of these things. And, you know, he also talked very candidly about the drug culture during that time. And so I just was like, man, you know, I, I need to make sense of all of this for myself. And I just want to write it out. And so I wrote it out. And then I, you know, I was like, I want to share his story, honor his story, share my story. And just, again, just have a creative outlet. And so I started doing this one woman show all throughout Los Angeles and then got invited to San Francisco at the American Conservatory Theater and then in New York. And without fail, Jay, every single time I would end this show, I mean, people would just run up to me and be like, this is my story. Like my brother's in prison, my dad's in, or my mom or whatever. And I mean, I was always just amazed by it because it wasn't always like, a black person telling me this. It was like different ethnicities, different backgrounds. I mean, Democrat, liberal, Republican, whatever. You know what I mean? And it shows that it affected it affected every walk so of life. Many people. Yeah. And I just I think for me the catalyst was when I went and I did my show at this alternative high school in San Francisco. And these young people were expressing to me, you know, how they wanted to tell their story and how me telling their story impacted them. And so that's when I was like, you know what, I want to do this work for young people in these same type of, you know, similar circumstances. And so I applied for grants money and, you know, the city of Los Angeles funded the program. And then, you know, now we're a nonprofit organization. We have some really cool partnerships coming up next year, which I still can't talk about. And it's driving me insane. It's okay. We will, we will look <laughs> for those up now. When we do want to find out the news, um, do you guys, just, uh, Michael, sir, do you guys have like 
website? Instagram? We have a website. Yes. Okay. So, you know, on the website is uh, michaelsdaughter.org and then social media across the across the board, we are the MD foundation. So at the MD foundation that's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't think we have TikTok yet, but you know, so yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and of course you're, of course you are, you know, Sierra Payton on, on Instagram. Are you Sierra Payton mm -hmm. on Twitter? Yeah, I'm Sierra okay. Payton all across the board, across the board except for YouTube. So okay. somebody okay. took Sierra Payton. <laughs> so I had to make up something else. I had to do yeah. actress Sierra Payton on right. YouTube. So. Right. But I'm sure they can find you. And I'm sure some of our listeners are obviously probably already following you and already watching you on your various yeah. projects. Um, just, I just want to close out because it's funny. I reached out to you because of, you know, something you put on Instagram that, like you said, you just never know, you know turn on your phone, you start recording, you post it, mm -hmm. you don't know who it reaches, but we hadn't talked in a while and I saw it. It was just so beautiful. Um, kind of like almost like a little mini monologue you did on like patient, <laughs> having patience with yourself. And so, you know, if you could just speak to that a little bit with our listeners, I think it, it kind of sums up kind of some of the advice you've already given with people trying to go into the industry and find themselves and not be defined. But I do think um, it is important to give ourselves grace Mm -hmm. And I think as professional women, which is the majority of the people that listen to the song, we don't give each other grace. We don't give each other grace. We yeah. don't give ourselves grace. Sounds like great. grace mm -hmm. is in short demand. So I would really love to just hear one more time, just like your, your thoughts on that to close out the podcast. Yeah. You know, I think I was just kind of, you know, a lot of times when I share, I'm sharing from the heart, sharing from a personal space. And so you know, for me, I was just kind of looking over like, man, it's almost the end of the year and I have bust my butt this year and didn't get the results that I was hoping to get. You know, I got close on some things or whatever, but uh, I, it didn't, things just didn't work out the way that I, you know, at the top of the year was like, yeah, like this is going to happen, you know? And I just had a moment too, where I was like, well, okay, that may be the truth, but like you still got up every morning, you still went for it. You still, you know, kept your head high and you didn't let anyone's rejection or criticism or you didn't let anything like put you down. You're still here, you're still going. And so I just was like, man, I think I just felt like other people could hear that because I, and I, I didn't know, I, I didn't really know if anybody would truly register with it because, you know, I think that we hear a lot of these little tidbits a lot of times and we just keep scrolling or whatever, but, you know, a big thing was just, again, like it's giving yourself grace and just being patient. You know, I think that we are so oversaturated too with, seeing people's journeys at the end and not like you said at the beginning like you don't really know what all went into it you know and and I, I remember you know a lot of the wins that I've had you know people go like insane over it but they didn't see like the years of the blood sweat and tears behind it and like I take that for granted myself personally you know and so I had to remind myself by sharing that video of like Hey, you've are, you've come a long way already, Sierra. Like, you know, you've come a long way from that little girl, that little eight-year-old girl living with your dad, your two aunts, and your nana on the two-bedroom apartment in third ward of New Orleans, you know, performing little plays. Like, you've come a long way. And just because, you know, 
things didn't happen over 365 days, you're going to sit here and be disappointed or upset or whatever. Like, no, some, some things just take a longer time and you got to like, give yourself a pat on the back that you are still here. You're still doing it and give yourself grace and, you know, and just, just luxuriate in the fact that you have, you're, you're courageous enough to keep going, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's just, that's, I just wanted to talk a little bit and speak a little bit on that because I just think that, again, it's like, we define ourselves by these things, these external these milestones or things. Yeah. These milestones to have, and it's like, well, who yeah. said it had to happen at this exactly. time. Exactly. And then even like, personally, sometimes people say, well, if you're not married yet, or why don't you have your child here? Or yeah. why are you doing this? And it's just like, because we're doing our own thing. We're figuring and, it and, out. <laughs> and we're so quick to call ourselves failures when we don't make those milestones. Awesome. When in actuality, it's like, you're just learning how to do it better the next time. Or you're just learning. You're just gaining strength. You're just gaining momentum. You're just gaining courage. You're gaining boldness and fierceness. Just because it didn't happen, you're going to go off and just call yourself a failure or give up or beat yourself up. And it's just like, I don't know. I just got to stop that. And it was just interesting. I shared that and it was crazy. I don't, I don't know how many views the video's gotten now, but it was just like a really high viewed video. And I was yeah, like, you got a, I remember a lot by of the time people, I saw it, you had a yeah. lot of responses. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then just within the first couple of minutes, I'm like, wow, I'm listening because first of all, like I said, I'm definitely thinking you could have been a psychologist. You have a very soothing voice and I know because you're an actress you know you've been kind of trained your voice but I just think you <laughs> have a very soothing demeanor so that video just talking about you know giving yourself that you know that patience and that grace and all that yeah I can totally see why it resonated so well um and so yeah no I'm just happy that something just told me I'm like she's super busy but maybe we're gonna go in the holidays yeah, I mean I, I was happy her, to do I this catch her right before she gets back <laughs> on a Tyler Perry set and, and get her on this podcast I'm just looking to close out the season with someone really special and of course you're gonna be special so thank you wait wait i have to i have to just interject really quick really really quick so listen i just want to thank you so much you know over the years you have been a real one i mean for those of you who are watching i mean jay looked out for me during a really really challenging and difficult you know time in my life and so you know she says she likes to teach that's real like she she taught me some things and it just really, really helped me out during a really tough time. And so I just want to thank you. And I just want to recognize, you know, your support and your love and, you know, just everything. And so thank you so much, Jay. Well, I, I want to thank you. And like I said, I know at least half the time you're in LA and now that the pandemic is mostly, you know, lifted. Um, I know people are starting to do more, you know, outside events for their charities and things like that. I would love to come and, you know, support any like in-person events that you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's all going to be coming next year. And so, okay. you know, yes. we're just trying to get it all worked out it all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I want to make sure, like I said, my audience, Sierra Payton um, on Instagram, on Twitter, that's where you can find her. If you're not already following her, we just want to, again, thank you for coming on Your Fab Life. Until next time take care thank you for listening to your fab life until next time please make sure to follow us on all our social media handles at at i am legally fab take care